irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Sam in the Morning with Jen, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, February 24th, and it is a Wednesday. It is Wednesday. So we are here. So we're here. <laughs> yep. For those of you who wonder why we have replays on Tuesdays and Thursdays, because we're taking life easy. Taking it easy. Taking it easy like and it. only doing three times a week and... Uh, that's enough, you know, trying to get some sleeping in in between. So lovely. All right? Those days that I don't need an alarm clock. I know. Ugh. I only have actually one, well, one day and then the weekend uh, that I can do that. Otherwise, okay. but it's good, you see, because before that, I would wake up late every day. Well, nine o'clock, you know, but yeah. still, it's not seven. It's not seven. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's been so, I get the two hours extra str- sleep, then I'm okay, you know. Yeah. See, I find that when I actually do have the time to sleep, I mm-hmm. wake up even earlier than I normally would have. Right. Yeah. yeah like, I know. why is it 630 and I'm awake right now? Yeah. You know. The body, I think, gets used to it, you know, so it yeah. gets used to getting up early. It does. So when I stay in for another hour or two, I start having kind of like weird hallucinative dreams. <laughs> Yes, you know definitely that you weird can't dreams. explain. You can't explain what you're seeing, but something's happening. Yes, you know it's I crazy. always wonder, like whenever you see like um, a pet sleeping, and sometimes you'll see their arms kicking or they'll start twitching. I'm like, what is it exactly right. that they're dreaming about? Right. Like, what could they possibly be dreaming about? I know, right? You know, <laughs> what's going through their little if brain? Only we knew what dreams are. You know, I mean, I don't know. To me, it's just like... Um, it's like a shit show of subconscious yeah, thoughts. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like everything just comes out. Yeah. You know? Hmm. It's like your thoughts. It's a combination of your hormones. Um, yeah. It's all your body's chemicals just kind of like flashing through right. the picture show. No control. <laughs> They're just all over the place, right? Yeah. My mom has always said she's able to control her dreams. Like whenever I've... Um, had nightmares. She's like, you just gotta like do this and this, and then it changes. I'm like, I can't change my dreams yeah. like that. I think I've successfully done it once, mm. but she can just change the traje- trajectory of her dreams. Wow, completely. that's interesting. Yeah. You know, because even when I get up at night, I go back and I can't have the same dream. You know, mm. it's like it just keeps going. You know? I know it sucks when it's a really so, nice. One yeah, too. when it's a ni- nice dream, yeah. But usually I don't remember them anyway, so it doesn't really matter, you know. <laughs> but but sometimes it's just I feel like, what's going on? You know, I keep dreaming the same thing, and yeah. it's like no meaning, just shapes, you know, feelings, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a kaleidoscope sometimes, right? But of like random images of your life. I know. I had a weird dream the other day that I was dating Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> oh, really? Well, that's a good dream. I woke up and I was like, how do I feel about that? Yeah, <laughs> let me go back to the dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't happen to have dreams with famous people. I don't know. Yeah, there were like sea turtles. We like went to go see some sea turtles. Oh, wow, how romantic. Um, yeah, it was very <laughs> lovely. Um, but then I think he started like making out with a sea turtle and I was like, this is getting weird. <laughs> yeah, that's too much. Huh? Yeah. And then I kind of woke up and I was like scratching my head like, what just happened? <laughs> what just happened? Wow. 
That's funny. But this, you know what? This reminds me of things coming out of the sea. Did you ever see this like in San Francisco? This is like the second year I've seen this. There's, I don't know if they're creatures or whatever, but they come out, they get washed ashore, and they look like penises. Have you ever seen those? They're in San Francisco? Let's yeah, see. they come out. Uh, put like a penis-shaped fish or something like that. Penis fish. Penis-looking fish. San Fran. Or something. I don't know if it's really fish or what. But they really call it a penis fish on BBC. Yeah. It's really weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? <laughs> so you talked about oh the turtles. Oh, my turtle. God, that is so intense. <laughs> it is, right? Yeah. What are they, like living what things? What is that? I don't know, man. What is that? They, they look like living things, but oh you know, they don't Oh my god, uncircumcised and everything. <laughs> I didn't notice that, but okay, I'll take another look. You know? Yeah. Like, look at that. Yeah, I know. Like, you know that's got to come down. I, I bet the oh teeth geez. are under there. Oh my god. Oh, yikes. Oh, here's um an otter eating one. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> what are they? Wow, they're eat, they really eat. I mean, them. it doesn't look like a plant, right? No, it's too stretchy. I don't know what it is. Ew, there's so many otters eating them. Oh wow! Like that? Yeah. Wow, That's it's disgusting. like an otter pulling and tugging on one. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yikes! <laughs> that must hurt. Well, welcome everybody to the penis <laughs> show. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Where we just talk about discovering things new things every like day. Penises, yeah. There's a and scene it's all from the Leonardo DiCaprio dream. Yeah. With the sea turtles. Yeah. Um, there it's was funny. that scene in um, Super Bad. Do you remember that movie? Never saw it. Oh, no. it's funny. Uh, Jonah Hill uh, starts talking about how when he was a kid, he had to go to a therapist because he was obsessed with penis-shaped foods. Really? He's like, all the best foods are shaped like penises. And oh he's like, God. popsicles and like corn dogs. And he yes. just started naming all these things. And he was like obsessed with drawing them when he was a kid. And it just showed the different pictures of him drawing that. So oh God. that's what that reminded me of. <laughs> wow. It's a silly movie, but yeah. worth a watch. What's it, what's it about, though? Um, These like two guy best friends that like throw a party in their senior year of high school. Mm. And they're just trying to get laid. They're like doing anything at all costs to get laid. And Michael Sarah's in it. Mm. Um, and they're just like a funny little duo. Yeah. Yeah. There's been so many movies like that. It's unbelievable. So many. Guys trying to get laid and stuff. You yeah. Know? I don't know about those... Uh, Teenage movies, you know. I mean, I'm so over them, you know. Sometimes, but there's yeah. there's a show I saw called A Single Life or something. Did you see that? I've heard. I've seen commercials for it. Yeah, it seems like younger people. I mean, I I'd love to get into that, but it's like I don't know how can I relate to that, you know? Yeah. I'd love to be in that scene again. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, there's TV to, like that, so you can dream. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know beautiful young people. <laughs> I always roll my eyes at those shows. There's yeah. always like so much like drama and arguing over dumb stuff. And I know, but if you noticed all these shows now, they have like really uh, explicit sex and stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't used to. Well, I guess because we didn't used to watch it on streaming and stuff like that. So yeah, they would they would not do this. But now with streaming, there's no like censorship or anything you know no so people do like some really crazy things uh full nudity and things like that yeah. you know 
Um, this uh, show I'm watching, uh, The Undoing, I told you, with Hugh Grant yeah. and uh, Nicole Kidman. Um, wow, there's some wild scenes there, you know. It's it's such a good show. You got to check it out. I'm on the last one. It says season finale, but I think it's the finale of the whole. It's The Undoing? The, yeah. Is what streaming thing. service? Netflix? It's on uh, HBO Max. Okay. Yeah. HBO Max. Yeah. HBO's got some good stuff. Yeah, they really do, you know. You know, so, they don't disappoint. Yeah. That's why I have it, you know, because it, there's always stuff there. I mean, I've got like uh, Amazon Prime, I've got like Hulu, but sometimes somehow HBO always has the best stuff, you know. I actually watched a really interesting movie uh, last night. It's called um, I Care A Lot. Mm -hmm. um, and it's about this woman who poses as a guardian for elderly people who don't really have any family, who are very wealthy and who are completely independent and live on their own. Um, and she basically like bribes their doctors or forms relationships with their doctors so that they can say that they can't take care of themselves and they have to become a ward of the state so that she can uh, become their guardian and then slowly starts having their money transferred over to her. Wow. It was like quite, uh, it was a pretty awesome film, I have to say. Really? Yeah. Wow. I have to check it out. Yeah, it was great. Wow. The whole idea of it kind of freaks me out, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Wow. <laughs> and people do do that, you know? Yeah. And this one guy, um, she did it to this guy's mom, and he had he was, like, in court, like, fighting. Wow. And she had the doctor pose and say that the mom had dementia, and she didn't. And she ended up, like, dying in a nursing home alone. Oh, and <laughs> yeah, and the guy freaked out about it, which I would, too. Yeah. So. Wow. Pretty nerve-wracking. Yeah, it is. Uh, in a few minutes, Jen, we're going to have a guest calling in. Uh, yes. It's going to be a director of a short film that actually uh, was shortlisted for the Oscars. Very awesome. So uh, we'll talk to him and see what's going on. Um, it's an interesting uh, year for the Oscars. Yeah, Everything right? Everything being online. You're right. Uh, yeah. There's barely been any movies, you know? I mean, my God. Yeah. I like, don't what's know. even getting nominated Yeah, right it's going to be easy to win, you know? <laughs> I don't know about that, but maybe more so than other times. Yeah. Did you see the live action Mulan on Disney? I thought it was awesome. That was good, right? It was good. I, I liked enjoyed it. it. I, I loved it. Yeah, I waited for it because at first it came out, you have to pay like $30 or something yeah, I was like, to no. watch it. I know. <laughs> but then they made it for free and uh, I liked it. You know, I mean, it was like in, in the end with the father and stuff, I had like tears in my eyes. You know? I know. Very but sweet <laughs> movie. <laughs> So much honor. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. So, uh, yeah. Well, in the news, I guess uh, Tiger Woods had an accident. Did you hear? Yeah. A car accident. I actually heard about that. Someone told me yesterday. He yeah. He flipped over. Yeah, a single car. Uh, he was in an SUV, a Genesis SUV, and apparently uh, he crashed. Uh, it has like uh, 10... Ten airbags in the car, oh, wow. so it could have been a lot worse. But he had to go into surgery, and uh, what kind of injury did he have? I don't know. They're not saying, man, or maybe they are. I just didn't read it, but uh, I was kind of looking at the headlines. But um, yeah, supposedly he was drunk, you know, and uh, that's pretty lousy, man. Yeah. I don't know why people he still haven't drunk. learned. Yeah, at least that's what I heard, man. We have to see it. Hold on. I have the article here. Yeah, it said it was a high speed. Yeah, it was in uh, Rancho Palos Verdes, uh, which is a, a nice area. And um, at a place called, uh, what's it called? The Terra 
something. Have you have you ever heard of it? Like a really nice, classy place there. Uh, the resort, uh, Tyrrhenia, or Tyrrhenia Resort, whatever. Palace Verdes. Um, beautiful hotel. Mm-hmm. Like they have like uh, uh, gardens and and it's right on the beach too. So it's pretty cool. I'd love to go there, but it's probably extremely expensive, you know. I imagine. Yeah, so <laughs> I can't imagine spending like a couple thousand dollars for one night or something. You no. know, I'm like it's too much. You should o- offer the to talk to talk about there. Yeah, you review it on the radio show. Right, and then they'd invite us. Yeah, time. that'd be great. Yeah, this happened a few times actually. I was invited to things, but never took advantage of it. I don't know. Come on. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> got to right. He's so excited. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that. But um, yeah, hotels always freak me out a little bit. I like love them, but I'm also grossed out by them. Yeah, I know. You I know? know, like in the rooms and stuff. Yeah, I the first thing I do is I check for bed bugs. Really? Yeah, I check under the beds, the, cr- the corners, the creases of everything. And wow. I always bring like flip-flops when people like walk around on the carpet in a hotel room barefoot. Right. Wow. I know. It's a dangerous game. And I put towels on the furniture when I s- where I sit. Yeah. You know? I know, it's pretty crazy, but when you think of what people do in hotel rooms. Yeah, have you ever seen those scary, shows where right? they take a black light? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, here's our guest calling Excellent. in. Excellent, So Let's we're going to take the call. Good morning. Is this our guest? Hello. Doug Rowland. Yes, Doug. Good morning. Hi, Doug. How good are morning. you? I'm well. How are you? We're doing great. Uh, you're talking to Sam and Jen, in case you didn't know. And uh, we're glad you called in this morning. We were talking a little bit about your, your film. We saw the trailer. Uh, your film is called Feeling Through. Um uh, where are you calling us from this morning? I'm calling you from Los Angeles, California. Oh, so you're here. Is this where you live or, are you, just, or are you just promoting? Yeah, yeah, I live here. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, did you grow up here? Did you move from somewhere else? How did it work for you? I actually grew up in um, New York City. Uh, I was there uh, pretty much my whole life other than coming here about nine years ago. Oh, I see. Okay, so Love this it. is definitely home for for you now. Did you... And yeah, I guess what they say when you hit 10 years, right? Isn't that what like people usually say is when you can kind of call yourself, you know, yeah. from that place or like that you're, yeah. you're, you're of that place now? Right, exactly. Well, I don't know about 10 years. I think three is enough to say, <laughs> hey, this is my home now, you know. <laughs> but uh, that's cool. So you moved here, I would imagine, to make film. Yes, yeah, I did. You know, I um, I also like, I think it was one of those things where being from New York and having all my family there. And like, I, I wanted to like give myself a boot in the butt a little bit more and kind of take myself out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and also be somewhere, you know, where I kind of had to think or swim a little bit more too. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Did you, um, did you go to school for film or anything back there or here? Yeah, I went to, I went to the university of Wisconsin for undergrad where I, where I studied film. And then once out of college, just really kind of, Learn child by fire. I didn't go right. to grad school for it. I just, um, I just kind of made films and figured it out along the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who needs all That's the school? How I you did know? it too. <laughs> you well, just get a good idea. From it, that's for sure. Yes, yeah, the, I second that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is cool. So, uh, is is um, feeling through your first film, or I would imagine you've done some films in college and before. 
this one, right? Yeah, I I made a, a a few other films. I'd say like kind of the, I'd say feeling through is one of the two films I made that's like I feel very representative of my voice, if you will, from once I like really kind of felt like I was in the swing of it. Um, but yeah, feeling through it is not isn't my first film. Oh wow! What was your inspiration? Like, what was the moment that you were like, okay, this story, this is the story I want to make. Yeah, so there's actually a really specific origin story to this one, and it goes back 10 years to when I was still living in New York City, and I was coming home late one night, and I saw a man standing on a street corner holding a sign that said, I'm deaf and blind and need help crossing the street. And I tapped him, he took out a notepad, wrote a bus stop that he needed. I took him over there, but a bus wasn't coming for over an hour, and I wanted to let him know I'd sit and wait with him. Um, and I didn't know how to communicate with him. So I just intuitively, I took his palm and started tracing one letter at a time on it, letting him know I'd sit and wait with him. Mm -hmm. And he understood what I wrote. And we ended up having a whole conversation that way of me writing one letter at a time on his palm, him writing back in a notepad. And over the course of this hour plus that we were waiting for the bus, we like formed this really great connection. You know, I, I got to know him as this man, Artemio, as this really charismatic, um, funny, you know, charming guy who I felt like I'd really made a connection with to the point where when his bus finally came, we gave each other big hug goodbye. And I was tearing up a little bit thinking, oh, there goes my new friend who I'm never going to see again. And that was really the jump off point for me. And um, the film, though fictionalized, is uh, definitely heavily inspired by that encounter to the point where some of those very story beats made their way into the film. Um, as far as like how these characters meet and 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 communicate with each other, a lot of the other elements are fictionalized, but but that was the very direct inspiration uh, behind the film. Wow. Have you been? In, you've so you've never been in contact with that man ever again. Well, this is a bit of a spoiler alert for you because we actually, in addition to feeling through, we made a short documentary, not only following the process of casting and working with the first deafblind actor to star in a film, Robert Tarango. But we also, because I, I partnered with the Helen Keller National Center to, to make the film mm. alongside the community and authentically cast it and make sure that it was the best version it could be and serve the community in the best way that it could. But we also um, went on a year-long search to track this man down. This was years later also, mind you. So um, uh, it, was, it, it was quite difficult because no one had his uh, – he'd actually – it, it so happened that he'd actually come through the Helen Keller National Center many years prior, mm. but they didn't have his up-to-date contact info. And we spent a whole year connecting with people who knew him, uh, trying to help us track him down. And the spoiler alert is we not only did I get to reunite with him, but we, we caught it on camera. Um, and uh, it was part of the documentary that accompanies the film. But it was an amazing moment to see him, you know, at that point, seven years after the fact. And... Um, just be able to reconnect with him and let him know everything that he's inspired. And he actually got to come to our New York premiere of the film, which was just before the pandemic. So we got to do it in a nice big movie theater. And it was so cool to have him present um, and getting to experience the film. And another point to that is we also, because of the community that's at the heart of this, the deafblind community, our first step before we ever took it to film festivals or any other screenings, I worked with Helen Keller National Center to create our own fully accessible screenings so that the deafblind community and anyone could participate and experience it. 
which meant that we, we did 14 fully accessible screenings across the country before the pandemic mm -hmm. um, in person where we'd have as many as 50 interpreters or support staff at a single screening mm. to provide one-to-one -one accessibility for anyone who needed it. Um, had many accessibility features like audio description, open captions on the screen, accessibility considerations to and from the theater for those who needed it. And it was an amazing way to, to share the film, not just with the community that really was at the heart of it, but also alongside the general public, many of which were people who had never met or interacted with or knew anything about the deafblind community. And to have it be this communal experience where people could learn from each other and connect with each other. And fortunately, we were able to continue doing that during the pandemic virtually, where we do virtual accessible screenings and still try to generate that kind of community. Um, but that's been also an amazing part of this experience is not just being able to create this story that we're really proud of and that has resonated with people all around the world, but also to be able to really create accessible screenings that also educate people about accessibility who maybe didn't know about it before and really make think something that can be accessed by everyone. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's been like really one of the great gifts of this experience as well. I love to hear how you're um, representing that community. I think that's really awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, this is really you know, cool. It's you know, funny, it's, oh, so, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry to I was just going to say on that note. I mean, I'd mentioned this before, but we learned during the process of this that um, Robert, who's our actor who's deafblind, is the, he's the first act, the actor who's deafblind to star in a film, like ever. Like the first, you know. I mean, it's like a film first, and that also just to your point, you know, brings up the fact that like it's great to be able to participate in this representation and also the need for much more of it. Cause you have a community in the deafblind community where, you know, by certain estimates in this country alone, there's over a million people who are deafblind. Oh my so God. you can imagine like if you have a community that's that large, that's virtually invisible um, in, in, you know, mainstream media to, to the, to, to, ever, you know, to the greater public that, you know, it starts to create this, uh, just so many unknowns and assumptions that can come out of that just because people have no point of reference to, you know, people who don't have someone in their family or someone that they interact with on a daily basis who's deafblind. They're, they're just kind of drawing on assumption, assumptions and stereotypes that can be harmful. Um, and it's important. You know, that's one of the reasons it's so important to have representation is because if you're not necessarily in a position or live in a place where you can maybe have first, you know, first-hand contact with every different type of person or every different type of community so it's important to have authentic you know uh representations in the media at least so there's some decent reference points to start to understand these different communities better yeah right. plus it helps i think humanity have a little more compassion wherever they can yeah you know i can yeah, imagine deaf blind is like uh i mean it, it it's so painful to hear and to imagine what it's like to be deaf blind, you know, I mean, to live a whole life like that, uh, you know, so I admire you for putting this in the uh, in the forefront so people can be uh, be aware of it, you know, and a million people. That's a lot of people like this, you know, and obviously around the world there's a lot more. And um, so they can only communicate through touch. Right. And and. Uh, can they speak at all? Or I guess if you're deaf, you can't really speak, right? So it varies a lot. You know, if you think about mm -hmm. it, the deafblind community um, encompasses everyone who's 
com- you know, completely deaf and completely blind, which is a very small percentage that are like, in, you know, completely deaf and completely mm. blind. To anyone who's legally deaf and legally blind, but maybe relies on some degree of their vision and or hearing and everyone in between. So it's a really diverse community with very, very diverse communication styles, depending on the specific individual and the manifest, the specific manifestation for them. Right. Um, so anytime you have that dual, um, that dual sensory loss, you're going to get a lot of different manifestations of that. So there are some, you know, in our, in, in my case, um, you know, Artemio, who's the person that I met in real life, um, who, you know, who inspired this, he, he, he communicates tactilely. So like every it's ASL into the hand, um, mm. cause he, he relies entirely on tactile communication. Right. Our actor, Robert Tarango, who's deafblind still has a little bit of his vision left. So he has basically like what would be like pinhole vision. That's kind of foggy. Mm. Um, and so if you're kind of a cert, if you're just the right distance away with just the right lighting conditions, he can rely on, uh, his vision to see ASL visually, but he's because he, he, he like most, like the majority of people with deaf blindness, uh, have something called Usher syndrome and Usher syndrome can manifest in a number of different ways, but it's usually progressive. So, Someone like Robert, for instance, even though he's in his mid fifties, he's still losing his vision and knows that at one one day in the probably near future he'll be, need to switch to completely tactile communication. So, um, but it, it's quite a range, you know, as yeah. far as depending on you know how, um, each individual uh, what their communication styles are. Right. I'm wondering, did uh, the actor that you chose, Robert, right? Um, Mm-hmm. Did he was he already an actor before or trying to or what was kind of what was he doing before this? That's an amazing question. So a <laughs> couple couple fun fun parts of an answer to that. When we I worked at the Helen Keller National Center to cast this film because I had never heard of a deafblind actor. Neither had they. I mean, as far as I, I knew I had actually heard of an acting troupe in Israel that had um, people with disabilities. And I knew that they had some, sta- there was like at least a couple stage actors that were deafblind there, but I'd never heard of any in the States and certainly like on film. So I partnered with them. Chris Woodfill, who's the associate executive director there, who's deafblind himself, really led the charge reaching out to people who were deafblind all across the country to try to just field interest from people. Mm. So we did a casting session um, at Helen Keller National Center, just like you would for any movie. Some of the people we auditioned were in person, some were virtually through, you know, a network of interpreters on either side of the camera. Um, and we, the first day that our first day of casting, we had a, we like halfway through the day, we had a break in the schedule and someone in the room goes, Hey, what about Robert? I feel like Robert would be good. At the time, Robert was working in the kitchen at Helen Keller National Center. Mm. So he's, he's pulled out of the kitchen, not really, not really explained what's going on finds himself walking into a room where, you know, there's a camera set up and I'm sitting there and they start explaining to him that I'm auditioning a movie. And the second he, he heard that he started cracking jokes and he had this, such this warmth and charisma that like, it was one of those moments where I'm like, I know this is our guy. Hmm. So it was one of those like kismet things where he was just, he, he wasn't even on our list. He was just, he was working in the kitchen and just happened to like get pulled into the room. And it was an amazing kismet thing, um, that we were so, so happy about. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that was that was that was how we ended up finding Robert, and um, I guess you could say the rest is history there. <laughs> right? Yeah. What an amazing and let's story. See, yeah, 
And I see here you're fortunate enough to get uh, Marley Maitland on the show as well. And I know she's not blind, but she's deaf, right? Yeah, Marley Maitland is deaf, and she's still the, the only uh, deaf Oscar winner in, in, in Academy Awards history. Right. Um, and that she's was an amazing for, person. Too. She's, that was for Children of a Lesser God, right? If I remember that's correctly. That's correct. It was for Children of a Lesser God. Yeah. yeah. I know I was telling Jen before that it was a very powerful film. It was a long time ago, though, right? In the 80s or something. But mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. I remember she left uh, uh, a big impression on me because her acting was unbelievable, mm. you know. I mean, she was emotional yeah, she, and, yeah. I'll go check that out. She's incredibly yeah. talented, and she's also she's a, such a great person, too. She's been um, an amazing champion of the film, um, someone who's, so great to, to work with and you know as someone who we were so so you know grateful um and and honored to have her join the team because she's someone who um you know is not only an uh, amazing talent but she's been an amazing advocate for not just the deaf community but the disability community um for in the film industry uh for for many many years and is someone who um, you know, is someone that I, I certainly admired before getting to work with her. So she's, it's been really, really a joy and a pleasure to, to work with her. Right, I can imagine. So uh, the film is a short film. It's called Feeling Through. We're talking to the director, writer, uh, Doug Rowland. And uh, I, so you're shortlisted for the Academy Award, right? That is correct, yeah. Wow. That must be exciting for Congratulations. you. Congratulations, yeah, it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's my first. Um, it's my first time in the in the mix here. Mm -hmm. So it's it's I've, it's been like a, you know, ever since it, we. It was actually a quick funny story on that. Um, one of the producers of the uh, executive producers of the film, Andrew Carlberg, who actually produced the short that won in this category two years ago called Skin. Mm -hmm. um, we we had known each other for a number of years, you know, kind of uh, peripherally, like as like friendly acquaintances. And we ended up connecting just before the deadline to submit for the Oscars because I, quite frankly, just didn't know much about that world prior to this run. Mm -hmm. And he saw the film, and he was, uh, you know, really the one that encouraged me um, to to go for it. And and then he, he joined the team as well. And um, so I, I definitely credit him for for giving giving me the confidence to even pursue that path. And certainly, he's been a great collaborator throughout this process. But um, yeah, it's been such an amazing experience um, to learn about it, um, you know, the process. But also it's, what's so great about the process is that it really challenges you to really get the word out that much more about your film. And what's so nice about feeling through is that, again, not only is it a story that we first and foremost hope people obviously really engage with and are moved by, but there is this awareness component to it as well, that like every person who sees it is potentially learning um, more about and feeling more connected to a community that maybe they knew nothing about before in the deafblind community and perhaps engaging with, you know, more of our content. Like we have a whole YouTube channel at youtube.com slash feeling through that's got, I do a weekly live accessible live stream with people from the deafblind disability community where we have conversations about all different types of things and a lot of other content there that people can learn a lot more about these topics if they're, if they're in, inclined to. So it's nice also, it's, it's amazing to obviously be up for something that's, you know, an award that's so, you know, meaningful. Of course, I've done it to, to get our message out um, about, you know, the deafblind community and accessibility and authentic casting is, is really exciting and, and, and really meaningful for us to, you know, have the opportunity to have a larger and larger platform to share it in that way.
Right. And you get recognition, you know. I mean, I salute you because you did not take the easy way. You, I mean, you, you search for a guy you haven't seen. Uh, you only met him once. Uh, I don't even know where I would start, you know, something like that. And uh, so you took the, uh, I mean, you could have taken, uh, uh, let's say, a hearing, seeing actor uh, to make it easier for yourself, but you didn't, you know. You went authentic, and uh, I think you definitely deserve the recognition for that. And you get to go to the Oscars. I mean, my God, you know, how many people get to do that, you know? It's very exciting. So, and, well, and you'll probably win because, you, you know, that. because uh, Catherine's people always win. And uh, Catherine is the publicist behind the film, and uh, I always like because she brings us great films. And uh, this is another example of, uh, you know, of something that's really, really worth watching. How can people see this if they want to? Yeah, sure. So um, we have it uh, for for a limited time. We have it up uh, publicly available for everyone. So the easiest way is just to go to feelingthrough.com, and you'll you'll see it right on our homepage there. Oh, okay. and uh, Actually, something that's really exciting is just in a little bit over a month being online, we already have uh, over a one, one you know, I think it's like 1.6 million views on it. So it's wow. been something that's been, you know, kind of spreading around a lot and, and, and getting so many amazing, so much amazing feedback from all around the world. Like we've had people reach out from Fiji Islands and Nepal and, and ev- everywhere you could imagine, you know, people from the deafblind community, people who are coming to that you know, learning about the community for the first time. And it's, it's just been amazing to, to spread it out in that way and, and just get so much feedback from, from all over the world. Right. Well, that sounds fascinating, Doug. Uh, congratulations to you. Congratulations. And, uh, you Thank know, again, you so I, I admire everything that you did with this film. It's amazing. And I'm sure it's going to open many doors for you once, uh, you know, once this is uh, shown to the rest of the world, you know, and, uh yeah yeah i'm 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 really uh i'm gonna catch this i want to see this because well first of all it's a short film so my attention span will get me through it <laughs> and uh <laughs> but uh it sounds uh it sounds amazing so doug roland thank you so much for calling in we appreciate it does the film have an instagram yes we uh you can find us at feeling through um, we're we're at feeling through on all the all the platforms, so we're really easy to find. And I love consistency. Uh, yeah, we I encourage anyone who's listening to please you know come check us out, follow our page. We you know not only have tons of cool updates about it, but we have a lot of really great content, including a conversation that Whoopi Goldberg just moderated that with our team that you can find on our social channels and a lot of other fun stuff. So uh, I encourage people to check that out and. Just want to thank you both for having me today. It's really, really great talking with you, and I really appreciate it. Of Absolutely. course, yeah, thank and you thank, so much. Yeah, thank you for taking the time, Doug, and uh, we wish you much success. Hopefully, you'll win the award, and uh, you feel like you made it. You know, in Hollywood. Yeah, sure, I'll take it. I'll take it. Sure. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Awesome. Well, Doug, Thanks. thank you, and all the best to you. Thanks. Thank take you care. both. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Hmm. That's so awesome. It is, you know, because I'm thinking that uh, I could never put something like that together, <laughs> you know? It sounds so complicated. And, and There's a lot of moving parts to film. Yeah. And something that I really had to learn was that as much as I wanted to do everything myself, 
Mm -hmm. uh, film is collaborative by design. So you really have to build a team that you trust that you can rely on to get their part done. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, that's the only way you can get it done. Yeah. When everybody's got their own thing to do, you know? Oh, yeah. I know. I mean, otherwise it's like, so every film is like opening a business, you know? It is. I mean, you have to open an LLC and everything. Right. You know, and then you have a product (laughs) and you have to market it and, and, uh, you know, and cast it and everything, you know, so that's... Cast uh, it, hire crew, secure right. locations, get permits. So imagine for, like, really huge films what it takes, you know? Yeah. I mean, sometimes the credits take five minutes to I just know. scroll through, you know? I know. I mean, I did... The biggest film I've done was, uh, I think, just a mill, which mm. is considered small. Right. Um, And I pr- I helped produce that, and it was just a lot like we shot at the grove we shot it you know around beverly hills on rodeo drive and there's just so many permits and Mm -hmm. last minute changes to the rules that you have to get a new permit for and then you have to submit the permit then you have to wait on the okay from the film office to Mm. okay your permit um and so there's just a lot of moving parts and you're trying to secure cast and crew and also like secure the date from the permit office and right yeah, it's a, a lot, lot of work. Yeah. But you picked this profession, so Yeah, I mean I go. prefer acting, but I love producing too. Yeah. I like that slight mania that you get. Yeah. <laughs> like to feel a little crazy. Yeah. Well that's cool. So did did you get a chance to act in a couple of movies and stuff? Yeah, really? absolutely. I'm oh. I'm working probably at this point since COVID, probably like one or two a month and mm. then producing the rest of the month. Um, but before that, bef- right before COVID, I was um, I did my first feature film, and then I did a short film that we actually won a Mediterranean Film Festival award. Wow, which was cool. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. There's uh, this movie won at Slam Dance. Have you heard of Slam? I Dance? have heard of Slam Dance. Wow, yeah. what's that about? I don't know much about it. I've yeah. heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's a it's a popular spot for yeah for films. But that's the thing. It it won many awards, and that's the thing with short films. The awards is really the the return. That's mm. the reward because you don't really make money, you know, from what I understand. Not really. Filmmakers that make short films do it for their real, for their experience to showcase what they can do. Or sometimes for, feature, to, for features, you know. Yeah, to pitch for a feature. Right. Is really sometimes. So many of the short films end up getting financed or picked up somehow. Right. Um, to make it into a feature or a series. Right. And and it's pretty uh, strong talent, I think, to be able to fit a story in like fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. You yeah, know? you got to really be good at that editing. Yeah, the writing and editing. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, we're gonna have a couple of other um, Oscar nominations the pa- uh, next week, I guess, because this is when the voting starts. I guess. Oh fa- yeah. Yeah, in a couple weeks. So they're uh, they're trying to. Um, uh, to showcase all the films, and uh, we always get them, so that's cool. You know? Yeah, I remember Oscar. We did a bunch of Oscar noms last year, mm-hmm. which was really great. One of them won the French guys. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't what remember what the, the film. Oh. I don't remember. It's been too long. My yeah, my, I know. <laughs> COVID brain. <laughs> <laughs> so much for memory, right? Yeah, at this I point, know. I guess. I know. What are we going to do with this COVID, man? I'm so sick of it already. Uh, you know, and, and some people are saying it's going to be here for years. And then this expert said 
In April, it's going to be over. I don't know what the hell's going on. You Experts know? have saying it's going to be over for a year now. Right. So. But with the vaccine and everything, that's, you know, I mean, that's new. So who knows how that's going to turn we out. We also don't know? know how it's going to affect us in six months. Right. So. Yeah. I'm not against taking it. I just want to wait a little bit and see. I know. Me too. You, you know? know. See who starts to short circuit first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and but what bothers me is that people are saying, "Oh, um, you know, it's uh, you take it and and it protects you, but you're not immune." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "What do you mean you're not immune? That's what vaccination is about. Yeah. It's supposed to immunize you, and you can also be a carrier even if you have the vaccination, right? So and then pass, pass it to it. somebody else, right? So, like, what is? It's the so point? convenient to say that. Fuck that shit, man. Yeah, you know, it's probably not true. <laughs> Who even knows anymore? Yeah. Nothing's the truth. I know. How often do you have a virus and you don't pass it on to, or you don't get sick, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I refuse. Yeah. I refuse COVID. <laughs> I'm not going to get it. I refuse it. Oh, my God, man. And it's just like, what? what is your theory of how it happened? Do you have a theory about it? Um, honestly, it I think there are so many things possible. Right. Um. I mean, I think, honestly, anyone could tell me anything about it, and I'd be like, that could be true. Right. You know, there's, I don't rule anything out is yeah. kind of where I stand. It could have been placed here purposely. It could have been an accident. It could have been transmitted from an animal. Right. But I you know, the, the, the World above. Health Organization went into China to investigate it, mm. and the Chinese obviously were not forthcoming with everything. Uh, the Chinese also know how to make people disappear. And um, I think the government know, in general knows how to make people disappear. <laughs> yeah, but especially China. And um, so I, I think it was uh, on purpose. I think China has a great motive to do that, mm. um, to bring the world to its knees, because they're very busy uh, trying to be the world's lead, lead, leading power, you know. Yeah, but why would they bring it on their own people? Well, because they do. I mean, they kill their own people. They make them disappear. And for them, it was a small price to pay. Um, You know, I mean, the the communist mind works differently than ours, you know? It really does. And, I mean, communists have killed, over history, over 100 million people. People don't realize that. You know, we're thinking of the Nazis and everything, but... Communism around the world has caused over a hundred million deaths. You know that's a lot of people. Yeah. So that and that comes from some kind of ideology and a way of thinking. You know. Sure. And uh, yeah, you try to oppose the, the the communist party and see what happens. You know. I mean, even the guy from Alibaba, uh, Jack Ma, disappeared for a few weeks because he. Uh, well, they don't know uh, what happened to him. Really, he didn't say. Weeks. But he's back. Yeah. But the thing is, he was critical of the government, you know. So, um, so I happen to think that's my opinion, right? But I think they unleashed, um, they unleashed this on the world. Uh, look at them; they're they're they haven't really been hurt that much by it at all. I mean, when you think they have a billion and a half people, uh, they should have had a lot of cases. It's such a um, like a tight. Right, tight spaces. Know. Right, and everything, you know? And, I mean, we've already had half a million uh, right here, so imagine how many more should have been dead over there. 
But, but it's not I the feel case. Like they're also a little more militant about doing what they're supposed to do, whereas Americans like to believe that they're just free and they can be anti-maskers. Yeah, well, and that has something to do with it, I believe. But still, um, you know, now they came out with their uh, va- their own vaccine, and they try to uh, uh, to really influence a lot of uh, a lot of countries in the world. Now they're like into Africa and all that stuff. I was reading yesterday, so. I don't know. I don't trust them one bit, you know. I don't and trust anyone. I just, I just hope that one day they'll they'll catch them, and we'll have like uh, tribunals like they did for the Nazis, you know, where it's mm. like war crimes, and um, yeah. So you I know, I think there's a lot know. that government doesn't tell us everywhere you go, right. you know. No, that's um, true. And that's anyone true. who speaks out, I feel like, will disappear. Right. But why are they not forthcoming about it? You know, I mean, they're really not. And, um, you know, I mean, people go to investigate and uh, they come out and say, oh, yeah, it's from animals. Well, I don't know about that, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. I either. don't have a way to prove anything. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should just film a documentary finding the source, yeah, right. you know, and just search the country for the actual cause yeah interviewing right. people will definitely be killed for sure yeah by somebody <laughs> god yeah i don't know why people would want to live in china you know my brother was there for a few years uh they went on a trip to cambodia mm. and that's when this thing broke they couldn't go back to china right china, i remember that yeah, they had to just abandon ship. so they came out here when my mom passed last year and then they were here for a while. They didn't know what to do. They could go back. So they ended up, uh, they went to Israel, and now they're in Spain. Right. Where his wife lived, uh, is from, and her family is there. So, but it's hard, you know. I guess, but it's hard to find work, you know. When they moved to China, they moved because they found work first. Sure. You know, so they, they located there. there. Yeah. Right. But can you imagine not being able to go back home, pick up all your stuff, and you just kind of disconnected, you know? I had a friend who was working on a cruise ship. Um, she was doing Mamma Mia on a cruise ship, and they completely shut everything down. Right. And sh- they had to abandon all of their stuff on the cruise ship. Mm. And she still hasn't been able to be back to get her stuff. Wow. Yeah. They won't let anyone on. So Jeez. that's wild. And yeah, what's wild also is they were planning to restart cruises. Like now, Mm-mm. and now they put them off again, you know? Yeah, they should. Till the end of the year. I don't think we're Yeah, ready. that's crazy, you know? I mean, that's, that's definitely a place to breathe. If we're not opening mm. indoor dining, there's no reason we should have cruise <laughs> right, ships. Right, exactly. The rest of the country has indoor dining, you know? It's just true. us here. <laughs> just us. I, our numbers are so high, it's insane. I know, despite. I know. You know, you know I was kind of like... I was kind of pissed to learn that people in New York have been pretty obedient about it. Mm. I'm like, go figure. Everyone's not an idiot as soon as I leave there. <laughs> I did not think yeah. that would be the place where people would be wearing masks so militantly, but yeah, they have I think been. Pe- yeah, people get scared after a while. You know? Yeah. You see it happening around you. Plus you're stuff. passing people on the street so much. People are so lax here. I mean, yeah. I went on a hike the other day and people were passing me just like, running and like breathing all hard i'm like get your air out of my <laughs> space you know but i mean where do you go hiking with people so close to you because the trail's usually empty i've never been on that trail when it was full we're we're like running canyon or something um it's by pacific palisades oh okay so that's not the one 
but that's the thing. I mean, you find you find hikes here, and everybody goes there. You know, yeah, becomes like such a busy place. It's the best thing on not on the weekend, weekdays, right? Weekdays yeah. only. I mean, you can't even find parking to to actually stop and go into the trail. Yeah, you know? pretty much. <laughs> Just got to Uber to your hike. Yeah, right. Pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah. And finally in the news, I guess um, Cuomo is being accused of sexual harassment by his former aide. Oh. Believe it or not. Man. Yeah. She says creepy behavior was normalized. Uh, yeah, he's he's pretty much in di- uh, deep shit with uh, with this and also the. Uh, Don't people know just to not be creepy? Yeah. Like in general, especially nowadays, like right. You're you're gonna and be you're found famous out. too. You know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it's no small peanuts. Like someone's gonna say something. Exactly. You know, and people sometimes want to bring people down. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you give them a reason, you know. Yeah. But he's being investigated for the COVID thing with the. Uh, uh, retirement homes and stuff that they mm. underreported. How many people were uh, stricken by by COVID? Yeah, they were dropping like flies. So I don't know. Homes. Yeah, yeah. Scary so stuff. I don't know. I, I personally don't like him, so I don't mind if he goes. But mm. then again, it doesn't really <laughs> matter to me. <laughs> I don't live in his state, you know. Yeah. But you know that for uh, Newsom, there's enough signatures now to recall him. So uh, really? Newsom is our governor. Yeah. It seems like nobody likes him. Even Democrats don't seem to like him. Yeah. So um, so they collect. They had to collect, I think, a million and a half signatures to put it on the ballot so people can vote. It? They got two million already. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a strong opinion. So uh, let's hope he's gone. I don't know. He'll be gone. COVID will be over. It won't even matter anymore. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right, well, folks, we've talked enough for one day. Is that it? Yeah, going to take a break. Wrote. All right. <laughs> I'm having a, a water system installed into my apartment today. Really? Which is exciting. What do you mean water system? Like drinking water? Yeah, so oh. I have like a, a quadruple, quadruple chamber water filter, and I found someone who can convert it into a quadruple chamber reverse osmosis filter. So it's going to be cleaning my water and Whoa. it's going to be great. Yeah, because LA water is disgusting. Really? Yeah, it's not oh. that great for People you. say it's pretty good water here. Mm. No, That's huh? what they say about New York, too, and it's filled with metal. Really? Yeah, it's, okay. m- it's metal components are off the charts. Yeah. For sure. And buying bottled water gets expensive. It's expensive and it's wasteful. And yeah. Well, yeah. good for you. Thank you. I'm very so, excited. So, yeah, let us know how that <laughs> turned out. <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody jen thank you thank you thanks everybody for listening thanks to doug roland for calling in everybody check it out feed it through break a leg break a leg and uh we'll see you all on friday all right you're listening to sam in the morning with jen only on la talk radio